Molson. Whether it's Canadian, Ultra, Export, or Excel, there's a Molson with your name on it. And Rogers, Canada's largest and most reliable 5G network. To the net, backhander score! This live play-by-play broadcast is intended for the private entertainment of our audience. Any rebroadcast without the expressed written consent of the Oilers Entertainment Group is strictly prohibited. All games, all season. Exclusively on the Oilers Radio Network. The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Ryan O'Reilly with a hat trick. The Nashville Predators beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-2 this afternoon at Rogers Place. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Quite frankly, I have really nothing positive to say about this game. The Oilers' miserable start to the season continues. They are 2-7-1. They have played five of their games in Rogers Place. They have won exactly zero of those. The one home ice win they're credited with was at Commonwealth Stadium over the Calgary Flames. Uh, The losses are mounting. The only team they are ahead of in the standings is the San Jose Sharks, who have not won a game. And we're seeing many of the same things over and over again, Rob. You you can pick pretty much any position, set, tactic, individual, and uh, it's it's subpar, perhaps to varying degrees. But uh, you look at the goaltending save percentage, very poor. You look at the defensive coverage whether you want to talk in the zone or the neutral zone or allowing rush goals very poor um the power play did score a couple of goals tonight but they didn't score five on five uh really even the Oilers' top guys just starting with mcdavid and dreisaitl haven't looked great most of the time this is just poor everywhere everywhere for the edmonton oilers and their their record is not a mistake that's that's pretty much the level they've played to five points out of a possible 20. Well, Bob and I, after the game, the first thing he said, is it too simple to say uh, the Oilers' best players were outplayed by the opposition's best players and the Oilers' goaltending was outplayed by the opposition's? And I said, it's not too simple to say that. And unfortunately, that's been a reoccurring theme. Something that we haven't said very often in all the years I've been here where the Oilers' top players have been outplayed. Uh, You have the two best players in the world who are are quite consistent uh, and they just haven't been as consistent to start the season as we've seen in the past and tonight Forsberg O'Reilly were going head-to-head against Connor and Leon for the first period and a half and they eventually had to split up Connor and Leon Mm -hmm. because they were getting uh, well they weren't spending much time in the offensive zone as O'Reilly and Forsberg were excellent in this game Uh, but it's it's funny we'll get phone calls tonight and people ask you know what's wrong and there isn't one you can find a team and you can say okay here's their issue yeah. if they fix this things go better but uh they're not scoring enough the others uh their penalty killing's not very good over the course of the season their power play at big moments hasn't bailed them out like it has in the past their star players aren't i mean their seasons are good but they're not what we've seen in the past uh, their goaltending hasn't been good enough. Their defensive, uh, I mean, this is 60% of the games they've played this year. They've had to score five goals plus to win. Yep. No team in the National Hockey, I don't care how good or how skilled you are, are able to win at that level. So this is a team right now through 10 games is uh, is a shadow of the team that we expected and the shadow of, of a team that they're capable of being. And I honestly don't have an answer of why. 
but uh, does it go back to the 8-1 loss that they took in the first season? Was that a kick in the gut that you just haven't recovered from? And and, and we know that 8-1 game, it could have been 12-1. Yeah. So it, it, this has been a really, really tough stretch for the Oilers that doesn't get any easier because they're now about to play that 8-1 team, Vancouver, next game. And here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. A goal on a power play with, uh, uh, with a different unit, which is a good sign for us. Uh, didn't love the fact that we gave up a goal on the next shift. Um, we scored a, po- a goal in the second period on the power play again. In the next shift, we, we took a penalty. So um, that's not a good sign for our group. The shift after a goal, whether you score it or you give it up, is an important one. Um, I thought we lost a lot of puck battles today. Didn't like that. Didn't like seeing that. I thought um, our puck play wasn't good enough today. Um, to a man, uh, not good enough from everybody. How How is this team shaken out of its funk because you know we're hearing the same thing you know we need to be better we know how to get out of this we know that we're a good team but yeah, you, you come up here and it's just you know we didn't we didn't get this we didn't get that like when is this team do you think or what's it going to take for this team to to push through and and be who they want to be well we're very clear that uh when you're in a funk or you're in it up to your knees the only way forward is is to stick together uh, so that's number one, stick together and work your way through it. Um, but it's about addressing parts of the game, like the ones I just mentioned, that have to be cleaned up. Um, you know, We're aware that for us to win, right now it has to be on the defensive side of things, not on the, uh, on the offensive side. With that focus on defending, I mean, you talk about losing puck battles. How concerning is it for you that talking about losing puck battles to a degree that you're not happy, considering the situation you're in, that has to feel pretty concerning. And what does it tell you about this group? Well, we weren't good enough today with that. I thought we gave up a couple goals specifically right at the net. Um, not a good sign for us. That's, uh, that's an area that we have to control a lot better. So that's a lost puck battle in that area. I thought there were a couple of uh, chances and goals we gave up that were off the rush. Another concern for our group. Uh, those are areas that we'd like to clean up. We're working at it. It's seven games for Dreisaitl without a goal. It's five now with McDavid. And I know it's a team thing, but these guys have led the charge for a long time. What are you seeing in the play of those two? Well, you're going to those two. uh, And like you said, they've led the charge for a long time. Um, You know, I think they're no different than the rest of our group. Uh, We're underperforming as a group right now. We haven't performed to our, our internal expectation. Forget about the outside noise, but our internal expectation is to perform at a better rate than we are right now. Um, so they're like the rest of us. We're in this together. Um, they can play better. Our whole team can play better. And um, we can perform better as a group, which we haven't yet. Do you view it as corners being cut, frustration, what do you view the, the difference being? No, I don't think we have uh, people that are are cutting corners, uh, but I don't think we're performing at our our standard. Um, we have a standard of, of play, a standard of uh, that we work towards, and today we fell well short of that standard. Uh, just, just just a thought on Jack Campbell's game today. I know you would have liked him to make a couple of big saves for you guys, especially uh, you know when when you guys were up there. Just just a thought on what you thought of him and how you feel his game is coming around. 
Yeah, Jack's wearing the same jersey as the rest of us. As I said, I thought our group underperformed today. You know, he made some big saves. He made a big save at the end of the first period there. But um, for us to come out of this, I think uh, Rob called it a funk. But um, for us to come out of it, we need everybody. We need everybody uh, giving a little bit more. There's more there. We know it. Uh, we've seen it. Um, but right now, we haven't performed uh, anywhere near to the level that we're capable of. Uh, as a staff, is there anything you guys can do, or is this something that you hope the players kind of work and figure out themselves? No, I think, uh, you know, as I said to you and in this room before, we're in it with our players. Um, there is no, uh, it just has to come from them. It is collectively finding a way to solve a problem. Uh, and right now, um, you know, as I said, we're in it with our group. No, no uh, finger pointing here. We understand that we've underperformed. Um, we can play better. We know it. And we're going to work until we find the answer. Jay, when you went through a similar stretch last season, you had started pretty good and your team had felt felt a little bit of mojo, whereas you haven't really had that yet this mm -hmm. year. Uh, Confidence-wise, is it? do you sense it's tough on your group that it, they haven't found it yet this season right off the top? It, it went like this? Well, I think last year we started two and three, but we ended that segment seven and three. And then we went three and seven the next segment. So I do believe there's ebbs and flows to a, a regular season, but I don't think anybody uh, penciled us in to start where we've started here. That's not good enough. We have, a, as I said, a standard or an expectation, and we're well below that right now. Uh, in terms of finding a groove, you know, this is the National Hockey League. It's the National Hockey League. It demands your best on a daily basis. Um, and for us, we weren't, we were far short of our expectation today. Thanks. Well, no doubt about that. That is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Uh, two, seven, and one. Uh, very bad like this would be a bad start if you just as we've talked about this would be a bad start if you expected the Oilers to be a 500 team yep. or a bubble playoff team uh, one of the it is not the worst 10 game start in franchise history I'm just double checking a couple of years here uh, they started 1-8-1 and in 92-93 they also started 2-7-1 and in 93-94 so surprisingly enough here we're in a conversation uh, where, where we're saying this is uh, this this is Almost well, the worst we've seen the Oilers ever play out of the gate. Well, and uh, the thing that's concerning is these. Sometimes you get some bad breaks, and, and you play well, and you lose. But the Oilers have had some games as of late where they haven't played well at all, and and they were deserving of the losses they got. They just came off a tough one against Dallas, where again they were chasing a game. They were down four-one in the hockey game. Chase had a great third period, but they didn't build off that. And this Nashville team, this is, I believe, their third game on the road right now. They've lost the first two. It's a team that the Oilers have beat up uh, for fun over the last number of years. Uh, they got some young players in the lineup. It's not a team I, I don't think many would have expected them to be a playoff team. But when they got the lead, they, I don't want to say toyed with the Oilers, but 
they were in the offensive zone. They did all the little things right. They got pucks in deep. There was a couple times where they could have forced a play that might have been a goal-scoring chance, but they're like, you know what? We got the lead. Let's put it behind the net. Let's work it down low. They had uh, good back pressure. They were very good in their own zone at support. If they had no play for, for long stretches, it seemed like every time the Predators got the puck, they just flipped it 30 feet in the air over the Oilers' heads and just put it into the neutral zone. They made safe, simple plays. And then when the Oilers made a mistake, they pounced on it. So this, this Oilers tonight, it, game, or this game tonight for the Oilers, as they went on in it, they, they looked like they lost their will. Mm-hmm. And I know they were down by a couple goals and the chances of them coming back were slim. But it just, shift after shift, they just spent in their own zone where they didn't touch the puck. And it, this is not a, the way that we've seen the Oilers play in a long, long time. And something needs to spark them. And maybe it is a game against the, one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League, the Vancouver Canucks. They can turn this streak around. But then again, we said that a Heritage Classic win against the Calgary Flames would do that. And unfortunately, the others have come out with back-to-back losses since then. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of talk about change. Mm-hmm. I mean, we always get trade. I mean, we get trade suggestions when the orders are doing well. So I'm sure we'll get some tonight. Um, they're not going to trade the whole team. I mean, <laughs> there may be a trade at some point. You never know. Uh, I know we get trade for this goalie, trade for this goalie. The Oilers are not going to trade for a number one goalie because no team's going to give them that. Best no. case scenario, you'd be taking a flyer on a, a Victor Faust yep. that they tried nine or ten years ago. Yep. Um, so, Woody's under fire. 100%. Uh, of yeah. course he's going to be. I mean, ultimately, I think Dave Tippett was let go because, not just because they're losing, because general managers know teams are going to lose games. Mm-hmm. And they want coaches that fix the problems. They're not saying, okay, coach, never lose they're saying okay coach we've lost three in a row what are you going to do or say you know okay and then it's okay you know we've lost now three out of five but i i see you changing some stuff and i believe it's going to come around uh are we at the point here um and i hate talking about this because there have been so many coaches come through here but like are we at the point where okay is woody and the coaching staff fixing stuff are they implementing things that appear to be going in the right direction or is there some concern here. Does Ken Holland have to have the, the wheels turning in that direction a bit? Well, I, I've always said that players and coaches are the same. If there's someone else out there that's better for your team, you try to make that move. Now, I, I don't know if we're there yet, but I do know that this is an Oilers team that had, as their players said, Stanley Cup or bust aspirations. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't get to compete for the Stanley Cup unless you make the playoffs. And the Oilers are finding themselves game by game a little bit further out of that eighth spot as well. Now, I don't think, if the Oilers are healthy, I do not see eight teams in the Western Conference being better than them. I do believe this Oilers team is a playoff team, but the problem that the Oilers have right now is, you know, they got a couple banged up right now, Brown out and Yamark, but relatively speaking, the Oilers' best players have been healthy. It doesn't always work that way. So the Oilers aren't banking points. And this is the one fear. If this is a fully healthy team for the entire season, I find no problem with this team making the playoffs. I think they are easily in the playoff push. But if you continue to stay on the outside and keep chasing as the season goes on, and then all of a sudden something happens and you lose a couple of your top players for a long stretch and you got to play with a Leon or a Connor or a Nuge or, or a Nurse on the back end or Echo, anything like that then all of a sudden it's a little tougher. We've seen teams in the past, LA, Vegas, get off to great starts. Seattle, great starts. And when they run into their injury problems mid-season or late season, they survive it because they banked all those points. The others aren't banking points right now when healthy. Mm -hmm. And that's the one fear you have. Um, 
going back to the coaching situation, I don't think it's something that's going to happen now, but this is a team that they're supposed to compete for the Stanley Cup, and they are not playing anywhere near the level that they're capable of. And this is the biggest thing. There is a bar that they should attain most nights, yeah. and they're not close to it. That's the problem. This is a much better team than we've seen through 10 games. There's still 72 games to turn it around, but each game, it seems like that runway gets a little bit shorter. Yeah, and, and you make a good point, too, about banking points, and we talked about this earlier in the season because I know sometimes... You know, we'll get calls or have, you know, colleagues say to me at work, you have, you know, people at school or whatever. Oh, well, that loss. Well, now they're out. Well, now they're not going to make it. Well, it's 10 games in, but I just say look at the math and say 95 points for the playoffs. So the Oilers have five. (laughs) So that means 90 points in 72 games. That's 18 games over 500. For a good team, that's achievable in the NHL. But, but again, right now the Oilers so don't look like a good team, and every point or two you don't get along the way makes it a little harder. It's just like the years the Oilers have started seven and zero, or seven and one, five and zero. You know, we haven't said, well, they're in. We're just saying they got some points in the bank. Easier. They got some leeway if they lose four out of seven or whatever. And that goes to the point where you you bank your points and you can survive. Uh, a stretch where your goalies don't play as well or you have some injuries some, or some bad luck in some games, but the Oilers aren't putting any of those points on the board right now, so now they're going to be chasing. And that's one thing that you don't want to do come March is be chasing because now you need other teams to help you. And uh, the Oilers, they, the, the thing is they just don't look like the team that we saw most of the last number of years. They're not playing with any swagger at all. And I would say right now on the team, if you're asking players who have played up to their potential thus far on the season, I think Evander Kane is playing well right now. I think Warren Fogle is playing well right now. And, well, Sam Gagne's played two games. Outside of those two players and Sam, I don't know if there's a player on this team that's playing as well as he's capable of playing. I think that's totally fair. I mean... I, I would have considered, and, and look, I know everybody out there might have their whipping boy or their goat, so if I bring up a player, first of all, as the whole team, as we've said, is not playing great. Rob mentioned a couple guys that are playing well, but well, like, to me, Matthias Ekholm is one of the most reliable NHL players I have seen, mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> even when he played for Nashville. I mean, even him, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just not the same. I mean, and it, the reason we say that, it's not that, it's not that because of the, you don't like the player. It's just that you know what the player is capable of doing. You know, we know what RNH is capable of, and, and Hyman, and the two superstars, and Nurse, and, and Boucher. We know what, because we've seen it. There is a track record of what they've done on a consistent basis for, for a number of years. So when they're underachieving, then all of a sudden you, the losses pile up. And here's another thing, too, that... Last year, the Oilers had a a really good regular season with the the big finish to their year. A number of those players, that was career years for them. So the expectation of those players being able to duplicate what they did last year, I mean, you're asking a lot right there because that career years means that was the best in your career. And So maybe one or two are capable of reaching the same level, but most of them aren't. So now you're thinking, okay, well, here's where we were last year. We found ourselves in trouble at this time. That was when everyone was having career years. So if you can't expect the career year offensively to happen for everyone again, 
you've got to be better in other places. And I think that, to me, the biggest thing for the Oilers right now, the biggest disappointment is the fact that they need to score five goals a game to win. Six out of ten, they've needed five-plus goals to win a hockey game. That does not win in the National Hockey League. Yeah, 5-2, the Predators win it today, so their record goes to 5-6. and six. The Oilers are 2-7-1. Uh, the Predators beat the Oilers in regulation time for the first time in 12 tries. October 20th, 2018 was the uh, last time the Oilers didn't get at least a point out of a game with Nashville. You mentioned Sam Gagne. He had one shot on goal and two hits tonight. I set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it at four and a half. His shots on goal plus his hits. So that is under. So that is Mike, who is the winner. So he gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. All right, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. He had a goal tonight. Here's Zach Hyman. I mean, I think we go in every game thinking we're going to win. So when it doesn't happen, um, obviously you're not happy. You know, when it seems like it's continuing to happen, it, you know, it, um, it's not fun, right? I, I think we know how good we can be, and we know, you know, what's causing us to, to be in this spot. Uh, there's no magic pill. We just have to go out there and, and fix it. And I think... Uh, that's the frustrating part is that you know we have yet to, to fix those errors that continue to come up in our game um, but I, I, we have the recipe we know what to do so we just have to go out there and do it there's a, there's a, you know this team often plays with a lot of offensive mojo but it feels like it's just not there while at the other end you're giving up a fair amount too that just feels like a kind of a tough combination right now yeah, I mean, when as a hockey player, I think you've played long enough in the league, you you go through stretches where it feels like nothing is going right, and you go through stretches where it feels like everything is going right, and, and you can't lose. So it's hard to temper that frustration, but you have to because you know that if you continue to work, and the key thing is you have to work every game, it's going to turn. So... As frustrating as it is, I think we know, like I said, we know how to turn this around. And it starts with work, and you have to give yourself a chance every game. So, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that's, that's, that's what you got to do. Do you feel like you're having trouble maintaining momentum? You score, they score 25 seconds later. They score 23 seconds into the second period. You guys have that great shift where I think it was three or four shifts in a row. Get them in the room. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't capitalize on them. You, you get a sense that you know, you're just I mean, I think those are key moments that we talk about all the time. You know, the shift after a goal, the shift to start a period, the shift to start a game. So those are things that, we, you know, we're saying all the right things, right? Like those are things you talk about and things that the coach talks about, but we have to go out there and do it. I mean, there's no other answer. It's just we're not doing it right now, and we need to start doing it, obviously. Uh, and I know it can sound like a silly answer, but that's, that's the honest truth is, is we know what we have to do. We're not currently doing it, but we know we can do it, so we have to get to it. Zach, when, when a team starts the way you guys have and haven't really found your mojo yet, you know, the questions come. But what would you say about the discourse in here, where the group is holding each other accountable and if the attentiveness is there for the head coach's message and all of that? I think the attentiveness is, is, is there for the head coach's message. I think, you know, Woody's track record is, speaks for itself. Like He came in and, and really shaped our team and I think you know, like I said 
we've gone through stretches like this in the past with Woody as coach as well. Like we, we've gone through 10 game segments where we haven't been our best, but you know I think we're confident that we that we know what we need to do to turn it around. Like that's 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 the you know the honest answer is you just got to go out there and work. And we have all the tools. We have everybody and we have the personnel to do it. Uh, we just have to go out there and do it. All right, that is Zach Hyman gets a goal tonight on three shots on goal in 19 minutes of ice time. He also wears a minus three. Uh, Nurse and CeCe also hitting minus three this afternoon as the Oilers fall again, 5-2 to the Nashville Predators. I, Rob, I, I, we've done this long enough. We know it's frustrating for people to hear that. We know what we have to do. We just have to go out there and mm-hmm. do it. Um, but we've heard that message after probably seven of the ten games this year. Yep. So the question is, well, if they know that, and they've done it before, uh, just do it. Well, yeah, I wish it was that easy um, because the, the team on the other side is also getting the pep talks right. and telling them what they're supposed to do and how to play against the odds and what they need to be successful. I mean, Nashville came in, that's their first regulation went in 13 against the others, and every time they went into a game against the others, they had a game plan, and it didn't work out well for them. Um I, th- I think this, uh, the Oilers do not, uh, we talk about, they don't play, they're not playing with swagger right now. They're not playing with the confidence of a team that we've seen play on a nightly basis over the last couple of years. And to me, that's the biggest thing. Uh, a little hesitation in their game. And this game is so quick out there. If there's any hesitation, it affects you. Uh, and it affects the plays that you're capable of making. Um, when you're chasing games, and the Oilers have been chasing a lot of games, they're falling behind. The opposition then doesn't have to open things up, so now you're having to work that much harder to create a scoring chance. I think there's some frustration right now with the puck not going into the back of the opposition's net. Opposition teams, like the Oilers are playing a bunch of backup goaltenders. I think this is the fourth backup they've played against this year, and uh, I'm not, not sure if they beat one yet, but these goalies are coming in and they're playing well, and the Oilers are like, yeah, I'm getting great A scrunches. There's one tonight where Hyman right in the slot by himself and he put it right into the the goalie's crest and and was covered those were the pucks that were going in last year so i think there's frustration that the pucks aren't going in there's frustration stepping on the ice and and you're turning it over you're watching another odd man break go against uh you get a you score a goal and next shift the other team scores you score a goal next shift you take a penalty all these details and i think the details for the oilers have not been good this year and again is that the fourth or fifth too many men penalties that the Oilers have yeah. had this year. Yeah. I mean, that's a detail thing. And it was the right call. McLeod jumped on early, touched the puck, kept the play alive in the offensive zone up for a power play chance. That You just can't do that. And these are the things that are killing the Edmonton Oilers right now. They've been able in the past to outscore their mistakes. But right now, they would need five-plus goals on the season to be a winning hockey club. And that just doesn't happen in the NHL. Jack Hyman, by the way, picked as the third star tonight. Philip Forsberg, the second star with a hat trick. Ryan O'Reilly, the first star. We give out the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. I'm not giving it to anybody. Well, I, I, would, I thought Kane played well. Fair I, I did. I thought Kane played well again. And I like the fact that even late in the game, he still finished every check when at that point both teams wanted the game to be over. And he still, so Evander Kane to me, he was the best oiler in the game. Too. I was going to give it to the people who stayed to the end. I was actually surprised, and, and I'm not saying this because I know this is a topic that upsets people. I'm not saying this to discourage or encourage it. I was, But I was surprised there wasn't more booing. 
Yeah, see, I'm not a guy that boos, so I would. I don't like when people boo, anyways. No, I know. I'm not. But again, I'm not. I just, yeah. I mean, you can't. There was watch some the late in the game, but a lot of people had left by I then. I mean, uh, to me, it's uh, the Oilers aren't going out there, and Zach Hyman, they don't go out trying to lose hockey games. They don't go out there. No, of the, course. So they're they're trying, and I don't I don't question the work ethic. I think decision making and uh, attention to detail has been what's costing the Oilers hockey games this year. And unfortunately for the Oilers, they are in, in a world of hurt where only the, the San Jose Sharks, who might be one of the worst hockey clubs in a long, long time in the NHL, only they are behind them in the standings. So 5-2 Nashville wins it tonight. Fill the net for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. $100 to 630 Chet. Send us anonymous for every Oilers goal, so 200 bucks tonight. All right, you will hear from Captain Connor McDavid. When we bring you back, Oilers are 2-7-1. and one. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Waiting for something. It's directed in front, and the shot by Nyquist off of Jack Campbell just got a piece, and it's cleared out. Great save on oh. Campbell. And that is Jack Campbell's save the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Campbell stops 29 out of 34. Kevin Lankinen at the other end beats the Oilers for the first time in his career. He was 0-2 coming in. He stops 33 out of 35. Predators beat the Oilers 5-2. It was 1-1 after 1. Ryan O'Reilly scored twice in the first three and a half minutes of the second period. Zach Hyman did get one back quickly for Edmonton. But then Tommy Novak scored on a breakaway with 4.45 left in the second period. O'Reilly finished off the hat trick twice, 12 seconds apart <laughs> in the third. He, he scored a goal, and then they re- reviewed it and said the I, I thought it went in and came out really fast prior to that. I wasn't sure it was his goal until they announced yeah, it. Yeah, I, I did. I don't know where I missed that part. I, I was watching, and then I tried to find the replay where he showed it go in the first time, but he made certainly that it went in the second time. But that was a shift that... Well, I mean, they were so dominant on that shift that they scored twice, Reed, yep. on that shift. Uh, the, unfortunately, the Oilers had too many against like that. But again, used to be the Oilers going into the third period trailing by one, I, or excuse me, trailing by two. I always had confidence that the Oilers could come back in the hockey game because I always felt that they were a power play away from getting that next goal or one fantastic Connor McDavid rush. But now it seems when that team, the opposition, scores that back-breaking goal, it actually is a back-breaking goal. Yep. And that was, the Oilers were in the game and, you know, a, a defensive defense from Dayarne gets caught on the wrong side of a, a goal scorer in Novak. And he just, he's not, he doesn't have the foot speed to catch a Novak. And then Novak goes in a break when again, you'd love to see a save there where your goaltender makes a big save. But that is a guy that's on a breakaway. And the opposition team, Nashville, is saying, well, here we got, we got a guy in a breakaway. We certainly want that guy to make a difference and score a goal to put us up by two. And on that one, Novak did it. And the Edmonton at that point chasing. And in all honesty, it, it, I don't know if there were chances in that third period where the Nashville Predators felt under stress no. that the game was going to turn when they had the two-goal lead. 
5-2 Nashville wins it. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in the game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. And here is Oilers captain Connor McDavid. You know, really similar to the other night. Um, thought we had a good start. And then just uh, mental mistakes that are just keep costing us over and over again. Make us chase the game. And it's hard to chase games in the sleep. Is that the frustrating part, Connor, is that you see what the issues are and you're just trying to resolve them, or what's the most frustrating part when you're It's just death by a thousand cuts, you know, like that's what it feels like. It's just, you know, like one, one mistake and it costs us another little mistake and, you know, kind of just snowballs. And like I said, it's tough to, it's tough to chase games. Yourself, how are you feeling? Like you were at 100%? Yep. It seems like, uh, I mean, this team often plays with a lot of offensive mojo, but there hasn't been a lot of that. And then you're giving up quite a bit at the other end. Does it just feel like it's both ends or struggles right now? Yeah, struggles all over the rink. Um, that's what you get when you're 2-7-1. and one. There's going to be struggles uh, all over the ice. The sense that you guys are going to pull out of this, where is that at? I mean, uh, early on, the confidence was pretty high, and then as these, as these losses pile up, is that is that willing away? Yeah, you know what? Um, I hate to always talk about years previous, um, but you know, last year we get off to a seven and three start, and we go three and seven. Uh, you know, we end up at ten and ten. So, um, you know, we obviously started uh, started uh, with uh, the ladder there. Um, you know, this, this next ten games are, are big for our group. I know you put a lot of pressure on yourself, Connor, but it's been a few games here since you've produced some. Some goals and some offense. What are you feeling in your own game right now? Um, certainly could be better, not at the level that uh, I expect myself to be at. All right, that's Connor McDavid after the Oilers lose 5 2 to the Predators. Well, just as we've heard from a number of different players over the last few games, you can hear the frustration in, in the voice of Connor McDavid. The, yeah, I mean, when these players all came two weeks before training camp and started doing the captain skates and then through training camp, the aspirations for this group was were high. The the confidence level, uh, they felt this was going to be their year. And for it, it to come crashing down in game one, where it was an 8-1 game where nothing went right, you're like, okay, well, that's a one-off. Well, is it a one-off now? Because well, everything, yeah, not, yeah. everything that happened in that first game, all the, the breakdowns that they had defensively, all the, the times where they gave up the odd man rushes, discipline issues on top of all the stuff that happened in that, that game has continued. Now, they've had one or two games that they, they looked like the team of, uh, of last year, but it's just one or two times. So uh, now you're like, okay, is, <laughs> is this where the Oilers are going? Is there things that need to be changed? But bottom line, it, there's a frustration in the voices, and there's also a frustration that you can see in their body language as they go off the ice to go sit on the bench, the way they're sitting on the bench, the lost look in their eyes when they're looking at the scoreboard or they're just staring into space. Because this is a team that right now doesn't know what's going wrong or why it's going wrong and how to fix it. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Preds as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. In the NHL, we have the Jets beating the Coyotes 5-3. Bunch of games still to come tonight, including the Flames playing in Seattle. 
The Canucks play the Stars. Both those teams doing very well. Oilers are in Vancouver on Monday, and uh, the Sharks will look for their first win of the season. Their own 9-1. They take on the 3-6 Pittsburgh Penguins. CFL playoffs this afternoon. Montreal eliminates Hamilton 27-12. Calgary and BC about to start. Half an hour in foot field. Golden Bears and Huskies in the Canada West semifinal. 7 o'clock tonight at Claire Drake Arena. It's uh, Golden Bears and Huskies in men's hockey. Saskatchewan won 3-1 last night. Saskatchewan is 9-0. They've allowed 11 goals. Ooh, that's a pretty good defensive it's team right good. there. Oh. No, I think there's different opponents, different quality of opponents, obviously, but still. Okay, we will uh, hear from you a little bit as well. 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by Certain Teed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certain Teed, pro all the way. 780-496-0063. So the Oilers are 2-7-1. That matches the, uh, the start they had in 93-94. And the only time they had fewer points after 10 games was 92-93 when they went 1-8-1 for three points. They only won one of their first 10 games back in 79-80, but they did have four ties. They were 1-5-4 to get up to six points. 5-2, Preds take it back after the news. More Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Alright, a matinee defeat for the Edmonton Oilers. 5-2 to the Predators. They have played uh, five games at Rogers Place this year. They have one point. That was an overtime loss to the Jets. The one home ice win they've earned was at Commonwealth Stadium on Sunday in the Heritage Classic. Coming into this game, the Oilers' power play was 2-for-19 in its last six games. It did go 2-for-3 today, the only two goals they scored. As we update the power plays for Conlon Motorsports, they'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online, conlonmotorsports.ca. Predators went 1-for-4 on uh, their man advantage. So the uh, Oilers PK, well, it'll actually slightly go up tonight because it was 75%, 71.4 coming into the game. Oh, well, there's a positive. See, we're looking for Little sunshine in the clouds. Slight, uh, slight positive. Uh, but yeah, five on five. The Oilers uh, don't score tonight and they uh, they lose again. Final shots were 35-34, by the way, in favor of the Oilers. All right, uh, we have Stephen on the Certainty Hotline. Stephen, go ahead. Hello. So... I've noticed a pattern going back to 2016-17. So they made the playoffs, and then next year they come with all these expectations, and they struggle. Everyone had careers again, and then they fire McCollum. Next coach comes in, Dave Tippett. They have two and a half solid years, and then the wheels fall off again. Are we seeing that again with did Woodcroft take them as far as he can take them, and are they, is there a leadership problem? Well, I don't know. What do you think? I think there is something. I, I think there is something going on in the dressing room. I know there's frustration, but but I just watching from the outside. That's what I've noticed. Is it seems to. I think he's taken as far as they're going to go. Well, the problem with that is the coaches they've let go are all good coaches. So I mean, at some point, is it the coaches that are the problem? I mean, you're, you're, you you can't just keep getting rid of coaches saying, all right, we've got to go to the next guy now because this guy's going to take him a little bit further. 
they're very good coaches that they've let go. Tom McClellan's a great coach. Dave Tippett's a great coach. Uh, Jay Woodcroft's trying to find his way in the National Hockey League, but last year when they got rid of Tippett, there was a lot of fanfare that said Jay Woodcroft was the type of coach they needed. Or two years ago, sorry, when they got rid of Tippett and brought Woodcroft in. Um, I think this is uh, on both the coaches and the players, the, the rut they're in right now. Uh, I'm sure that if you talk to them, they all will say the same thing. We all have to be better. And it starts with the coaching staff and it starts with the players. But I don't know if you continue to roll through coaches if that's the answer. Because the Oilers have rolled through a few over the last couple of years. And the results haven't really changed. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to discuss coaching. Yep, but they've, 100%. They've, they've changed coaches so often. I mean, even going back to when all those years they were out of the out of the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what's Woodcroft up to now? 130 games. Uh, it's not even. But I mean, two, this is two seasons. This is the guy that, as as he said, they've won 100 games and five playoff series over the last two years. Uh, they, they've only lost to two teams in the playoffs in the last two years, and both those teams won the Stanley Cup. So did all of a sudden Jay Woodcroft or Dave Tippett or, or Tom Collin forget how to coach? So I think this is, uh, there's not a whole lot of system changes in the National Hockey League. There's only so many things. Every player, when they go from one team to another, within two practices have figured out what that team system is. So... Uh, to me, this is the players uh, have not played up to the level that they're capable of playing. And there have been a few things that you've seen with the coaches that afterwards you've questioned. I know we talked about the other day, uh, we would have both had Gagne on the ice in the last two minutes of the game. But this is, this is not just a coaching issue right now. This is not just a player issue. This is not just power. This is not just penalty killing. There's a lot of things that have gone no, wrong. No, it's, ev- everything. it's the everything. Point, the point is, though, if it comes to the point where you have to make a change again, you can't trade 20 players no. or, oh, f- no, or it's, even it's, five. No, you're yeah. right. Well, actually, nowadays, it, may, it might be tough to trade one right. because you have no, no wiggle room when it comes to money. Uh, it, but it goes back to what I said at the very beginning. Coaches are like players. If you find someone out there that you feel is better for your team, a better fit, you make the move. I don't know if they're there yet, but certainly... Uh, it, it is in the back of people's minds because you and I are taking phone well, calls about it. And again, it, it's it's how they're not. I mean, losing is always unpleasant. But again, like they're getting they're getting whipped in some games. I mean, what four games have been? I know the score matters, but I mean, the four-one Philadelphia wasn't close. Eight-one Vancouver, obviously. No. Seven four Minnesota, even though they led after two periods. Thanks it was a to dominant Campbell wasn't yeah. wasn't that close. This game. Well, ish, I guess, but the Nashville kind of just took it over and and, and well, I go put back, it, put it away. I, I, to me, it's a team right now that is talked about the fact they want to be a better defensive team. They saw what they've needed to do in the playoffs the last couple of years. Uh, there's all this articles written. People are all talking. You know, if the Oilers would have played this way defensively against Vegas, they would have beat Vegas. I've seen those articles. Uh, the Oilers tried playing that way, and it hasn't been successful. But for the Oilers, they're giving up four plus goals a game and I mean it might be on average have they given up 40 on the season now the Edmonton Oilers it's got to be well, close like, to yeah, that they were over four a game so, coming yeah. into they're, sorry they were at four a game coming into this one so again so, so now four point four point so they're yeah. over four point so that means for them the Oilers to be a successful team in the NHL they'd have to score five 
teams don't score five goals a night on a consistent basis in the National Hockey League. So to me, that is the biggest concerning thing for the Edmontoners right now, is they continue to give up four goals a night. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll get, we will get phone calls about the goaltenders. We will get phone calls about goaltending coaches. But look at the goals the Oilers are giving up. Look at the odd man breaks. Look in the backup backdoor open nets. They can't continue to play that way and have any sort of success because Nashville is not a team loaded with offensive prowess. When they get to the playoffs and they have to play, well, we're going to see a team on Monday, uh, the Vancouver Canucks, or Vegas, or Colorado. Those teams are teams that will eat you alive if you turn the puck over. And we saw that last year with Vegas, how they could turn one mistake into a goal against. So that's what the Oilers have to clean up. And that's on, yes, the coaching staff, and it's on the players. All right, we got Ed on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Ed. Go ahead, please. Yeah, you guys are talking about systems and all that, and it's understandable. But the problem is, why can't they just play... Old, old, old-time old hockey. Like the other night against the Rangers, it was a three-on-four uh, in our defensive zone. We had four guys in our end, and Leferrier, Lafreniere, whatever, was wide open scored. Tonight, same thing. We're not, we're puck, we're just watching the puck. We don't look at our head, the head's not on the swivel, looking at other players. Like, do they not pick this up? Take away that pass, let the goalie get the shooter. What happened to old-time hockey? Well, I think that's what Rob means, though. They're just making these mistakes that are fundamental. It's all details. The Oilers' details have have not been good this year. I I can guarantee you that in the pregame meetings and in the practices, (laughs) they're not saying, okay, puck focus. They're talking about, okay, you've got to be better at this. Every player to a man after the Dallas game said that, Everything we talked about in the morning was focused on the Dallas Stars are a very good team off the rush. That's Every player said it after the game. And the Dallas Stars ate them alive off the rush. So they're being told what to do. It's the fact that it's not being implemented by the players for some reason on the ice. So old-time hockey is still new-time hockey. There's nothing that has changed. The players are still supposed to play with the good details. And the others haven't had good details this year. All right, 5-2 Predators win. We have Alex on the line as well. Alex, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe they should have had the captain skates two weeks before the season started. Maybe they're all worn out. <laughs> well, well yeah, you know what he... I think they should do? You know what I think they should do, actually, is just like that movie Major League, just start taking stuff away from their dressing room. Like, cut out the hot water or something. I don't know, but... Uh, this, this team isn't very good in there. Then they got to play Vancouver. I mean, Vancouver looks darn right scary at this moment. Yeah, I don't they know, do. boys, but you know what? The way uh, when Stoffer, uh, at the end of the game, him and Mooney were talking about, or, or uh, you, Rob, were, is it just, uh, uh, is it just the best players of Edmonton getting out work and goaltending? Well, hey, uh, we everyone knows McDavid and Drysdale. They're not earning that contract right now, and it's about time that uh, they get some criticism now too. Because for the last how many years they don't get a lot of criticism. criticism. Of course, because they've they've uh, they've outperformed their contracts. But uh, I think they're going to be feeling a little heat now. Well, anyway. I don't. I don't think you ever talk about a contract because, I, I, to me, that is regardless what a player gets paid. I mean, a player, player can only be as good as a player can be. Connor and Leon have not played as well as they're capable of playing, yep. and it has nothing to do with the contract. Simply, we know what their bar is, and both of them have been under that bar. But they are a lot. As I said, there's only two players that I believe have played as well as they're capable of playing, and as of late, and that is Evander Kane and, and Warren Fogle. I think everyone else is underachieved now. 
in the next 10-game segment, this team could go 9-1, and one, and all of a sudden everything starts to look a little rosier. But there's some things that really they, well, have to... They don't to. look close. That's the thing. They, yeah. don't, they don't look close. Like, it's... No, they it don't. It doesn't feel like, oh, they're on the verge of breaking out. It, as, it I, as I said, when did I say... I mean, the season's not that old, but I feel like I was saying this two weeks ago. Win a game. Mm-hmm. Win a game. And then play well again. Okay, you beat Calgary. Well, you're six periods since... Uh, well, been, you've, been been, that good. you've given up nine goals in the next six periods, yeah. and that's that's just not good enough in the National Hockey League. It's 4.5 average. They're, they're putting too much pressure on their team to score goals, and when they start having to chase t- games, that's when bigger mistakes happen because now you're trying to create stuff that's not always there because you're chasing the game. I don't think they're going to shut the hot water off, by the way. <laughs> I hope not, because I mean, we use the the bathrooms and everything here. I don't want to have cold water every time, so don't just shut well, the hot water in the holes. I don't. I always thought in my house you just have one button. Isn't that how it works in the <laughs> arena here too? They just turn that one switch, and all of a sudden nobody has hot water. I got a cold coffee. <laughs> I though I have played when I played in the minors in Indianapolis. When you played on the road in Indianapolis, and if you beat them, you had cold showers. Like, they, they, they made a point that if you beat their team, you'd go shower after the game was cold. So if you were winning a game, and I had players do it, if you're winning a game in Indianapolis, guys would get kicked out with five minutes to go in the game just so they have a hot shower before the bus ride home. That's great. I'm just trying to have fun stories. Because oh, it's, not, have, have it's not, a fun time. not a fun time in hockey world right now here in Edmonton. But well, I have this faith. Is, this is miserable. It is. I have faith, though. I do. This is a playoff hockey club. And they will get there. But they do have a lot of things that need to be fixed yeah. over the next Well, it's that. I mean, while. I know sometimes we just talk about, we, I mean, you, you do a very good job bringing down X's and O's and, and tactics and details. But then sometimes you, we just talk about feelings. And, uh, sorry, that sounded really deep, didn't <laughs> I, it? It did. But, but, but but I started you, thinking of the song Feeling. That's a good song. Nothing if, more than feeling. But the feelings, the, the, the feeling, like almost the vibe, the flow of the game. Like, I am feeling, watching the games, that once the Oilers are down a goal, uh-oh. Like, they, they're they not, and you mentioned Swagger earlier, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's that might break them. Like, the, the, even the 2-1 goal tonight, I was like, oh, no, they didn't get the one to go up 2-1. And Well, I agree. And in the past, I, I always felt if the Oilers were within two going into the third period that they were actually not a bad spot. But what I do is I like watching body language. I like watching a player after a, a goal against or a goal for, see how they respond, see how they skate to the bench. Uh, do they shake their head? Does the head go up in the air? Do they sh- their shoulders slumped? And this was a team that tonight when bad things happen, you just saw that whole, almost like this sigh of, oh, here we go again. And it's just one of those things. It was They got slapped in the face in game one, and I'm not sure they've completely recovered from that. We have Sebastian on the Certainty Hotline. Hello, Sebastian. Go ahead. Hi there. Uh, can you hear me, Robin Reed? Yes, they, whenever I hear the name Sebastian, I always think of Sebastian Bach, the Canadian oh. lead singer of Skid Row. Youth Gone oh. Wild was an outstanding tune. Oh, nice. Uh, sweet. Yeah, first time caller. Love your show. Um, I just got uh, two quick questions, if you don't mind. Um, sure. So, first question is um, at what point do you think, you know, we should split McDavid and Drysidle into different lines? Because since Kane and Fogler are doing so well, maybe they would get more offense. Uh, well, they did, they did today. They broke them up, uh, what, start of the second? I, yes, and I do believe that the Oilers, when they got Connor Brown, they felt, and with Holloway coming up and with Fogel playing so well, that they have enough depth that they can break those two up. I do believe the Oilers are a better team 
when Leon and Connor are on separate lines because when they're on one line, the opposition team gets to have a big sigh of relief every time they survive yeah. a shift with them. So, yeah, but, but 100%. That's just, as I've, you've probably, if you've listened, you've heard us talk about that, and I've asked and said if they're together 10 more years, we're, we're going to be yes, together or apart. Ask. But no, yeah. fair question, especially. What's your second one? And the second one is, at what point do you think we might have to look at Dave Manson and replacing him? Is that, like, an urgent thing right now or not? Just, oh, I mean, just the defenseman coach? Yeah, the, def- yeah, the defense coach, I, yeah. I, honestly, I think if there was a coaching change, it would be him and Woody together, just like Tippett and Playfair went together. In all honesty, I don't, very rarely do you ever see... Just an assistant coach. Just an coach. assistant. I mean, and I don't happened. know if I... It happened to Perry Pern in Montreal, remember? But was it during the season or was it during the off season? No, I think he was during the season. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's very, very rare. I. But usually it's the head coach, mm-hmm. the coaching staff, or maybe a head coach and an associate coach well, who are... are there's, came, no decision. there's no decision Dave Manson makes that hasn't gone through Jay Woodcroft and all of the right. coaches yeah. on their decision. All, all the, everything that happens in a game is discussed amongst all of them before it was implemented in hockey. Yeah. Good questions. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, uh, tell you what, we're going to call a quick timeout. Uh, we'll get to Brett Kulak when we bring you back. Oilers lose 5-2. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Ryan O'Reilly, hat trick. Novak and Forsberg also score for the Predators in a 5-2 win over the Oilers. Nurse and Hyman got power play goals for the Oilers. Ekholm, McLeod, Bouchard, and McDavid get the assists. And as we were talking about, uh, you don't see, uh, haven't even seen McDavid and Dreisaitl's names on the score sheets as much uh, lately either. So well, what is it combined? I know I, I just, from listening earlier in the thing, was it combined like 11 games? They haven't scored a goal. Yeah. Well, combining it is weird because they play in the same game. <laughs> oh, I know, but I just yeah. it makes it sound way, way more way yeah. bad. It's it's tough. I mean, it's, this is a the Oilers are 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 in the muck for sure. Uh, with Vancouver coming up next, I, as I mentioned, Vancouver plays later against Dallas. That's a good game. Canucks are seven two and one. Stars are seven one and one. And uh, I mean, I referenced this earlier too. Forget about the division standings. The Oilers are ahead of San Jose. Who are having one of the worst starts in the history of the NHL. And they're now even with Calgary. Calgary's also 2-7-1. So if Calgary loses tonight, the Oilers would then be technically ahead of Calgary because of having played fewer games. But, I mean, a lot of teams were picked uh, to not do very well. Arizona. Anaheim. They're, well, Anaheim's 11th overall. We'll see if that lasts. They've won five in a row. But, yeah, the order, like, this is, well, second worst start in team history. Mm-hmm. That alone. So it's tough. When it, when it, the thing that's more amazing about it, I'm guessing the last time they had the worst start ever was not when they were expected to win a Stanley Cup. or No, well, 92-93 and 93-94 were, you know, coming out of... <laughs> Winning cups and going to the conference finals a couple of times. So, yeah. Okay, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. It's defenseman Brett Kulak. You know, obviously they're, they're banging too many rebounds and, and loose pucks in the net, but I think that it even starts before that. we got to be cleaner when we got the puck in our stick, an opportunity to make a breakout pass. And, and I, so I think it, it kind of starts from there. And then it was just obviously, you know, you isolate the, the, 
the, the weak plays around the net and what right happens immediately before the goal, but it, it, it builds up before that to clean up. This is the same group that had a lot of success last year. Right? When everyone's talking about they feel that this group can get out of this record. What's it going to take to kind of get out of this for you guys? The, the belief's there. We, we're a good team and we've, we've proven that. It's, it's not like we're just sitting back and saying it and, and we've never had any results. We, we know the job can get done in here and, and it's just a matter of, of building on that and, and you know keep working for the guy next to you and keep that faith in him and, and trust he's going to keep working and do his job and, and bring his best next game and that's what we got to do. We've got to move on and focus on next game. It's, it's, it's over, you know, each individual. We've, we've made mistakes and you look yourself in the mirror and, and clean it up and do better for next game. How are you guys doing in here in terms of, you know, accountability with one another and, and you know, making sure the standard is where, is where it needs to be? How's the group functioning through all of this? It's it's tough. Any, any Anyone you talk to who works in any sort of team atmosphere when things aren't going good, you start. The, the negatives are isolated and everyone's hard on each other, but that's actually that, that's good in the room, you know, like guys are pushing each other and, and guys know they, they personally need to be better too. So it's it's coming from a good place and I think that's important. It's not not guys are, you know, harping on each other and being hard on each other, beating each other down. It's it's to, we, we gotta push each other to get better out of each other. From a defensive standpoint, the, the goal was to try and tighten that up this year and it's just gone so far the other way. How big does the fix feel here? Yeah, it's it's pretty isolated right now as a as a major weak point for sure. And but like I touched on earlier, it's you know you always uh, focus on the second before the puck goes in the net or whatever. But I think it, it stems earlier in that different plays coming into our own zone. And once we get it, making the first clean play. So I think that's those are areas we got to look at. Can you say that time is a factor in the first week in November, or is this kind of yeah. exaggerated? Because you no, don't have 100, 100%. There's tons of hockey left, like like we say, but it's every every team is so good. It's not easy to start racking up, you know, eight wins in a row or something. So time is uh, definitely a factor. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate it. All right, that's Brett Kulak, Oilers defenseman, with his thoughts after the Oilers lose 5-2 to the Nashville Predators. My goodness, the Oilers are 2-7-1 and on the season. Our next game broadcast, presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers, is coming up on Monday, 6.30 face-off show, game at 8. Oilers start a three-game road trip against the Vancouver Canucks. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy our studio producer back at 6.30 Chet. Thanks to Brendan Escott for uh, filing that post-game audio as well, and uh, you can read the post-game story on 630Chet.com or globalnews.ca. Hey, maybe I'll see you at Claire Drake Arena tonight. Going to go watch the Golden Bears and the Huskies. 5-2, Predators win it. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. season of 911 on a new night Thursday March 14th on Global Stream on Stack TV